Hey everyone, and welcome to the Why in Your Twenties. This is Fifi Nat here. We are two counselors in our twenties, navigating our adulthood away from our home country. This is where we explore questions that might come across in our twenties, including relationships, identities, and all kinds of uncertainties. Some topics will be fun; others can be a bit scary and uncomfortable. But sit with it, because that's actually when we learn and grow. Just a friendly reminder: the information presented in this podcast is for general information purposes only. If you are struggling, please seek professional help. We might not have everything figured out yet, but together we can make this journey less lonely and scary. So, welcome, welcome on board and let the journey begin. Welcome back to another episode of the Why in Your Twenties. How's everyone doing? Good. We have a very lovely guest today. I know. So I think we're doing great. I like to be honest. I always want to invite this guest from the get go when I started this podcast because the passion that she have on this topic that we are mentioning today. I'm glad she's here today. Should we invite our guest? Yeah. Hi, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm so impressed with like your dedication to this podcast, and just you know, life is busy, life gets in the way, and you're still popping out the episodes. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for agreeing to do this as well. We really appreciate it because we know、yeah. we're not professionals, but you you agreed to come with us and then. Q I roll everyone. That was Q I roll <laughs> and teach us a lot about body kindness as well. Yeah, I, I think I will learn a lot throughout this. Oh,、episode. absolutely, and it's so important as well. Thank you. I I, I feel like I, we should introduce、okay. you to the、Sounds、audience、good. first. Sounds good. Her name is Bridget. <laughs> In case you guys don't know, we met at uni as well, doing the master of counseling.、Yeah. Do you want to do a little self introduction so the audience can know a bit more about yourself? Sure, thanks, Nat. My name's Bridget.、Um, I work as a counselor. I started my own little private practice called Held Counseling,、um, and that's really focused on supporting people with body image, in particular women, in particular women and bigger bodies. So, creating a safe space for people that maybe they might not be able to find elsewhere in the world. I sort of, I guess, had my own body image journey, and that's what led me to my. Career change and to going and doing the Master of Counseling and really upskilling in this area to be able to help people and I definitely hold on to my own sort of lived experience in this space as something that really aids to my work and gives me some like extra depth that maybe other practitioners might not be able to access. So really glad to be here and hopefully share some of my journey and some of what I'm seeing in my practice, which、oh, honestly sometimes it just makes me so sad. So hopefully I can give you some insight and we can. All work towards being kinder to our bodies. Sometimes it can be very frustrating, hey. Just like seeing how you know diet culture have an impact on everyone in the society at the moment. Absolutely. Like I was looking at some of our questions for a bit later on, and I just think, imagine what people could give the world if they weren't obsessed about their body shape. Size or diet, like they would just have so much more capacity to go and live their best lives, or to pursue a hobby, or a relationship, or I don't know, to become a genius, or to become an artist, or really, I think just 
diets take up so much space in our life that pull us away from things that could give us so much enrichment and fulfillment if we had the time to do them. Mm. And I'm fully guilty for that as well. Like I mm. have been impacted by that diet culture and just and now still haunting me sometimes, but I guess it's also very important and it's such an amazing that you're starting the business safe space for people if they want to be body kind and embrace their body as well. Yeah. Should we start with exploring what is body kindness means to you? Yes. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. No pressure. (laughs) So I was thinking about it. And what I always say to my clients is, you know, we don't actually have to like ourselves to be kind to ourselves. Like they can sort of be two standalone things and I come back to you know maybe if we have a colleague who we don't particularly like working with maybe our personalities don't get on we're just not working out together but we can still find it within ourselves to be kind to that person and to treat them with kindness and compassion and I think that's a really great lesson to apply to our own bodies so there's kind of like a debate in this field around body positivity versus body acceptance And I won't go too much into it, but I sort of err on more of the body acceptance because, you know, it would be really unrealistic for everyone to like everything about their bodies because we, we are flawed as beings and that's okay. That's part of being human. So if we can work towards a a place of body acceptance, we can still treat ourselves with kindness when it comes to what kindness looks like. Oh, look, I think are we getting enough rest? That's such an important one. You know, when we look at, oh, life is busy. Do we keep going? Do we keep doing? Or actually, do we just take a step back and have a break because that's what we need? Are we nourishing our bodies? So I always love like if we're trying to eat healthily and I say healthily and like air quotation marks because <sighs> because it's hard to describe and there really is no healthy eating but you know I really like to think of are we eating regularly are we eating enough are we eating enough variety and I always think of instead of trying to restrict which I mean diet culture is all for restriction let's actually add what can we add to our diet that adds extra nutrients like you know can we put some spinach in that curry or can we add some fruit to our morning tea like what can we add that's going to give us extra rather than restrict and then there's like kindness and movement and (laughs) that feels like such a foreign concept because of how again the fitness industry the diet industry has taken movement and made it something that you know if you are not throwing up at the end of a session then you haven't worked hard enough like and exercise and movement shouldn't be about that it should be about enjoyment and maybe getting stronger, getting more flexible, getting more mobile, having, you know, the endorphins that come from movement and mental health. Like there's so much more to movement than changing the shape and size of your body, but fitness culture doesn't really let us buy into that. So I I guess that's kindness to me. It's nourishing, it's nurturing, it's moving with joy. And it's, it's really cutting ourselves some slack and accepting that our bodies aren't perfect. They're not meant to be perfect. And I can still treat it with kindness. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. So I really resonate when you say, you know, body kindness also include like movement, happy movement. Yeah, get just put on some music and get dancing. And I think, again, let's come back to what, to, what has society told us that movement should be. 
it should be in a certain place. It should be in certain clothes. It should be at a certain intensity. But it doesn't have to be any of that. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in a ball gown if you needed to. Like, you know, you don't have to be in active wear and you don't have to be in a gym. You don't have to be outside. You could be, I don't know, <laughs> in your bedroom, in the bathroom. Like it doesn't have to tick the boxes that society tells us it does. That reminds me because I, I think we briefly chat about you know trying out Pilates as well lately. You know, like I always want to try and I've just been holding off. And the one thing is like, I don't know what to wear. Like, mm. I don't have the quote-unquote suitable clothes to go to Pilates, which is kind of toxic then I look it back, I'm like... And that makes me really sad to hear that. Like, you can wear whatever you want, you know. First and foremost, like, I want you to be comfortable. I want anyone to be comfortable in the activity they're participating in I don't care how they look like it needs to be comfortable it needs to be functional beyond that like you don't have to look a certain way or else you know and when we take that approach like oh I need to look a certain way like that becomes very excluding for people and it's not just the standard we hold ourselves to but it's kind of like this false standard that we hold others to even though the standard's not really there but it's kind of like well if I expect this of myself do I expect this of others it's just crazy how many standards we have put on ourselves which we don't need to yeah yeah it's sad but that's the reality unfortunately the reason why we are doing this topic because the butterfly foundation in australia is also doing a body kind campaign in september as well they say you know body kind is like how we nourish nurture and move our bodies which is beautifully summarized by Bridget just now so it's just so sad to see how how many people being impacted by this and body image is quite quiet down or like I feel like it's quite a private yeah private matter yeah like not really openly spoken or like and adding to that you know like look at workplaces look at friendship groups these sort of communities come around like come together around hating our body or what's the latest diet or or have you you know have you tried this approach so it's like body image is almost like this complete opposite to what society is telling us that brings people together and builds communities Mm, i think that ties beautifully to our next question is what do you think it plays a role in influencing our body perception or like you know how we see our body oh look I know I know something that I guess comes to mind is social media so you know are we comparing ourselves to influencers and it's really interesting I've had some clients who've been really impacted by social media and I've sort of said to them like you have to be curating your feeds like this is your channel this is your opportunity to see what you want to be seeing and if you're seeing things that aren't making you feel good then you actually have to make a conscious choice to remove that from your feed so I think social media and even traditional of course traditional media um, I feel like you know if we were talking maybe 10-15 years ago it would have been traditional media first and foremost now social media has sort of overtaken that that's it and I know social media cops like a lot of the blame But social media has also provided, you know, a space for people to see people like themselves that they never would have otherwise seen in mainstream media. So it's a really, it's a fine balance with social media because it it can do harm, but it can also make people feel included and seen and seeing bodies like their own, which is lovely and heartwarming, you know, 
friends, I think to an extent, um, obviously a good friend isn't going to comment on your body, but I think sometimes friends, when they get caught up on their own body hangups and sort of criticize themselves. And when we're around that sort of language and narrative again, it then plants seeds of doubt. So for example, if you're there going, Oh, I don't know if I should wear this dress. It shows my arms. My arms are so big. And if your friend is maybe, I don't know, a size 10 and then as a size 16 or 18, you're hearing that and you're there going, Oh my goodness, if they don't like their arms and they're considerably smaller than my arms, then, oh my God, I should never show my arms. So I think the language that friendship circles can use can be really harmful. Um, I'm going to put it out there. Parents, sorry, parents and grandparents. I see that a lot in my own work with clients, just the comments that parents make look not necessarily being intentionally hurtful or harmful but definitely the impact being hurtful and harmful and then staying with that person especially if they've grown up in a bigger body as a child that just stays with them for the rest of their life and then you you know it's just one that actually comes to mind is the like the medical system So, you know, uh, society again and the medical profession especially places a lot of value on to be healthy. You have to be a certain weight, shape, size. And the science tells us that that's not necessarily true, that anyone can participate in health, like sort of promoting behaviors regardless of their weight, size or shape. But yeah, I just there's a part of me that's like no one would actually ever understand if they were navigating the world in a smaller body. And I should have said this to listeners right at the start. I live in a bigger body, fat body, large body, whatever you want to call it. That is my I just realized, oh, you can't see me. So I better paint some context around this. So that's my body. But I had this moment and I'm like, people who live in smaller bodies would honestly never recognize the constant attacks that people in bigger bodies face. Like, you know, we hear it all the time within sort of like the body positive space. People will go to the doctor for a pap smear and all of a sudden they're being lectured about their weight. Now, what's more harmful here? The fact that they live in a bigger body or the fact for the next 20 to 30 years, they're never going to go and get a pap smear again because they've just been shamed about their body. And let's, again, this all plays into this body image narrative. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of like shame from like friends, parents, even like the medical professional. And I guess it's never enough. You're like, it's kind of an addiction. Like you're chasing for a perfect body, which it will never be perfect enough for yourself. And it's just difficult to, you know, navigate around how to get the balance. And I'm sure parents are struggling to use the right narrative in I don't know, just the right narrative to talk to their kids as well and just a society as well. Like I did forget one thing and I'm like, red flag, like how could you forget this? Like we need to think of the impact of the patriarchy on body image. So how can we put women in their place and make them feel less than and reduce their ability to focus on other things? things where they could make a difference and make progress in life because they're so caught up on their body. How can we oppress them really to make them feel like 
all that matters is their body and they become so consumed by that that they don't have time or space for anything else so we need you know we need to sort of like look at this through a social justice lens as well it's so much bigger than us as individuals it's the whole system at play mm, oh absolutely i recently see like an illustration of like you know a broken bridge and like a river flowing as well and the downstream of the river is you know getting therapy getting counseling and getting all the support but we never look into the upstream of the river of why people are falling into the river why people are drowning in the river because maybe the system maybe like the whole justice is just not you know welcoming in all kinds of body and i just feel like it's important that you mentioned yes there's a lot of things that we can figure out in the downstream yeah like as individuals there's a lot of work we can do but that still doesn't mean we have influence over how it operates at a societal level the all the points that you mentioned before what do you think is the most impacted on you and any personal experience on that that you feel like has the most impact on yourself that's a good question and i think like for me it's almost a bit cultural so I grew up in, I'd say like an Aussie Italian family, which, you know, like obviously I'm Australian, but there is a strong part of who I am that has this Italian sort of European culture. So, you know, really big on food. And it was always this sort of conundrum and my nonna, bless her, just had so much love in her heart but part of her love and this you know let's look at sort of older women part of their love is I guess wanting the best for someone and oh we don't want you to be fat we don't want you to be in a bigger body because of the health risks and look I feel so conflicted here like they're not not so much on the health risks but they're not wrong around life in a bigger body is hard I don't know if I'd want that for my child or grandchild either I'll I'll pay that But that also came with, so, you know, encouragement to lose weight, to be in a smaller body, which weirdly lets make someone want to work on their body by making them feel worse about their body and making them feel shame. But this weird conundrum of like food was love in my family. So yeah, have some food. Oh no, no, I'm not hungry. I'm fine. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm fine. Oh, what? Don't you like it? Don't you like my cooking? (laughs) (laughs) So it became this really, I think I developed this really dysfunctional relationship with food and eating because I didn't know. I wasn't allowed to trust myself. I was really being impacted by external influences that then sort of developed this disconnect. Also, my mum grew up in a bigger body and... It was interesting and this comes up a lot in my like with clients like it's this mother-daughter bonding activity of like let's go to Weight Watchers together like you know let's develop our relationship as a mother and daughter by losing weight together which again like I imagine the average straight-sized person might not even recognize this is a thing but it's really common like it's so common so again how does that play into my growth and perception of the world and you know like mum and I were going to Weight Watchers together I probably would have been like 13 and adding to that like I used to I remember on school holidays going to like one of the Weight Watchers meetings with her when she when I was about eight or something so it's that constant exposure and it's that how is this sort of intergenerationally carried Mm. Um, and I think that was probably the biggest impact on me 
Oh, I absolutely agree. And, and it's so insightful to hear, you know, different culture have its impact on it as well. Do your family have something similar like that? Or like, do you think your culture fit? Um, I, I definitely agree. Like Asian culture is very emphasis on food. Um, so like how they show their love is basically giving you food, right? But at the same time, because like personally, I've always been overweight as well. They would say, oh, like, oh, you shouldn't eat that much. But at the same time, they give you a lot of food. So it's like, it's very contradictory. Like, what do you want? Like, basically, what do you want me to do? Mm. Like, I have no idea what to do. But at the same time, like, I guess internal conflict of, okay, should I accept this love that you're giving me? But at the same time, you're saying that I shouldn't do this. And in a way, it's almost like, should I accept this love that you're giving me? Or should I take the option to become more unlovable in your eyes and in society's eyes? It's... It's messed up. Yeah. I, I want to say it's like one of the most impactful thing that affects my self-image on my body. There's just like a lot of subliminal. Subliminal? Subliminal. <laughs> That's <Sorry>. it. <laughs> messages. Yeah. I'm just going to give up on that. <laughs> messages that gives me, like informs you, okay, like I shouldn't look the way I am. And what you said earlier, like the medical system, I've never thought of it that way. Like, for example, like, I have to do a body checkup every year. Or I think the government makes you go to. Like the mandated uh, one? Yeah, the mandated one. Oh, it's just wow. Like, it's just very general mm. checkup. It's not, it's not much, but they basically they do your weight, height, and all that just to check if you're mm. on average. They actually do incorporate some kind of mental health. That's new, eh? One of the problems that I always have is overweight, right? So they just check the BMI and it's like, okay, you're overweight. And then they basically, they take me aside and then tell me, you're overweight. You have to do this, 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 this. It feels like I'm getting punished. There's something wrong with you, basically. So now reflecting back, it's like, wow, that is a very big message to send to a kid that is growing up. Yeah, I'm honestly like, what the hell that that is a thing and my heart just breaks for the little you and the little people out there who are experiencing this. And I always, I've had this debate sometimes amongst some public health circles, like, hi, people in bigger bodies probably already know they're in a bigger body. They don't need you to point it out for them. And I'd even go further, you know, they probably know what they should slash shouldn't be doing. Like they don't need condescending campaigns around five vegetables, two fruits. Like they they know, (laughs) we're not idiots. And what I, I went to this sort of seminar, I think it was last year and it brought back like, BMI was developed and it's literally the average. The whole point of an average is that there's outliers either side. Like it wouldn't be an average if it wasn't for the person in a bigger body or the person in a smaller body to make it that average. So I just, yeah. My advice to everyone listening is disengage from BMI. Do not check it. Do not follow it. Disengage. But it's just so sad because our school have it as well. Like we have a PE class as well where... You check your weight and it's all written in a paper where everyone can see it as well. So there's a lot of shame around, oh, everyone is waiting around 45 kg and I am 50 kg. It's just toxic and sometimes I've personally heard people saying, have you seen that girl on social media? She gained so much weight recently. It just breaks my heart to hear it because yes, I know that person can't hear it, but it's, you, you still shouldn't say it. 
in that way and who are you to judge people's body and again i think that then brings up if they're thinking of that about that person then what are they thinking about my body and i sort of just have a general rule like if any friends in like well if anyone in my life loses weight or puts on weight like i'm not going to comment slash compliment either way and that I think that's very jarring because obviously a lot of people compliment weight loss and I'm just like, no, I'm not here to judge your body in any way, whether that's as a compliment or a critique. And I think, again, a lot of clients that I see, there's this there's this concern, a few of them, you know, for medical reasons are on medication, which has made them lose weight and it really brings up a lot for them when people are commenting, oh, you, you look great, you've lost weight. Um, so I think if I could tell listeners, just don't comment on bodies full stop. My body size and shape should be the least interesting thing about me. It is the least interesting thing about me. I have so much more to offer the world and I want you to recognize those qualities. Yeah. And it's really hard and they were just doing the best they knew with what they had but i think every time i go back to hong kong to visit family or like friends if not the first it will be the second sentence that they say is you've gained weight or oh you've lose weight and i i can only predict like i would say 99 percent i'm right (laughs) yeah how do you respond to that like yeah and look i've been doing some training and it says like when you're sort of you know advocating for body positivity body acceptance Focus on people who are reachable, teachable, and ready. There's no point in you trying to enter a, like to call it out with someone who's just not going to get it. Like you're just going to be screaming louder and louder and they're just like not hearing you at all. Like, so what's your suggestion, you know, for people that are, you know, struggling to be body kind, but then, you know, people around them is not helping. How do you set their boundaries? It's a really hard one. I've even, I've had to take this to supervision recently because, you know, we can only impact so much and I guess we can advise. So we can sort of inform people, this is my approach. This is what I believe in. This is what I need from you. But then enforcing that boundary actually comes up to us. So is that we don't see that person as often. Or we don't see that person in a certain, you know, maybe we used to go to an exercise class with them, but we actually don't because they don't create a safe environment for me to exercise. Yeah, it's a, I think part of setting the boundary is first becoming aware of what you need and what you're okay with and then being able to advocate for that. And then if that need is not being met, then it's up to you to, to like pull the pin on that relationship if that's at a point where it's really unhelpful and unhealthy for you to be around that person it's a tough one hey yeah Yeah. look i and i say this with my clients like how can how can we not like how can we not experience these challenges how can we not sort of lean into a dieting mindset when the world around us is saying you don't belong here this is how you should look you're not good enough. Like, so I just want to validate that, I guess, for myself, for you guys, for everyone listening. Like, it's very normal to feel critically about our bodies because how can we not? But, you know, it's kind of like this, 
<laughs> asterisk, these two realities can coexist. So we can accept that it's really hard to feel good about our bodies, but there's also a part of us that it, we actually have to make a really conscious choice about how we want to treat our body. And, you know, we can choose to hate it and to punish it and to push it, or we can choose to love it and be kind to it and accept it. And part of that is almost like, again, it's stepping away from that mainstream narrative, which puts us on the outer, but it kind of puts us on the outer in a happier sense because we've gained so much of our life because they're not getting caught up on our body. My message to the listeners would be, it's a conscious choice. So, you know, you have to actually engage with this and engage with it purposefully. And the other thing is just sit with the fact that it's hard. There's an amazing, I think she's a therapist in the US. I was going to say an amazing Instagrammer. (laughs) (laughs) She's both. Um, Her name's Body Image with Brie. And she has this sort of phrase of we've got to sit in the suck. Like there's a, a grief that goes with accepting that my body's not going to be perfect. And that can be really hard. Like, you know, when we we're grieving for the future that we could have had, like if only I was, you know, a size X, Y, Z, then maybe I would have met an amazing partner. Then maybe I would have got that amazing job because let, let's call it like there is thin privilege. It exists. But am I willing to sacrifice that and step away from that to just live like a a peaceful and calm life almost? I would love to see 10 years later how things changed. Yeah. I'm quite hopeful. I am too. Mm. And there's definitely, there has been a shift. There's been a shift. So I guess towards the end of this episode, um, I have one last question is in a world that, you know, where body standards are heavily emphasized, How can we cultivate a more compassionate and accepting relationship with our bodies? Good question. So I think there are a few things. First and foremost, like, and I say this to my clients, like our body is literally just a vessel to like take us through life. You know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It shouldn't impact our experiences in life. And I'm kind of like, I was like, how can I like, you know, thinking back to our lecture at gym, like what's a metaphor for this? And I was like, I can't quite come up with a metaphor, but I can come up with something relatable. Like, okay, we're going to, I don't know, we're going to see a show at QPAC. I love seeing shows at QPAC. It doesn't matter if I got there in a train, in a bus, in an Uber, if I drove myself, if I walked, like the show is still the show. Like I can still enjoy the show without thinking how I got there. So again, our, our body is just a vessel to take us on things through life. Next, how can we appreciate our body for its functionality? And I'm going to put a caveat on this because, you know, people with chronic illness, their body isn't the most functional and it can be really hard to find that within their body. But if your body is functioning, I think let's appreciate it for its functionality. You know, my strong legs that take me for walks with my dogs or maybe in years to come, my arms that let me cuddle my baby. Like let's appreciate its functional nature. Next, and I've said this before, accepting it for just how it is today. No conditions applied. I can just accept that, yep, I've got a big belly and that's okay but my eyes I really love my eyes next I'm doing doing some work around by making us feel less than what is the world trying to achieve so how can we again apply that social justice lens and finally just being self-compassionate it doesn't have to be perfect we can still be kind to it we can still treat it the way it deserves to be treated with no clauses 
Yeah, I think that's really beautifully said. It's quite hard to do, and it takes a. It really is a process to actually really accept your own body and be very self compassionate about it. And it really doesn't matter how we we look, how, what what body size we're in. It's the journey itself. It is fizzle that takes us through this journey, this life journey. And it's a great metaphor. Metaphor. Oh. It's it's really nice. I would say. I don't know what we call it, but yeah, it, if it makes sense to you, and I think it makes sense to it yeah. makes sense to me as well. So I think that's beautifully put. I really learned a lot, and just throughout the stuff that you said, I I was really reflecting on my own perception of my body yeah. and the experiences that that has happened in in my life. So it's really good in reflecting and being more aware of actually what body kindness is, because prior to this, I really don't have. A very even a basic knowledge of it, so I think I learned a lot from what we can from what I can hear is that you're so passionate about this this topic itself. I think it's very body kindness informed in whatever you do. It's not only for for your business, but for everything in your life, mm-hmm. and it's just really interesting to learn from you about this topic. So um, inspiring, and I just. I feel like I'm refreshed after our conversation, and you've put so much insight、yeah. on it as well. So、yeah. thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love chatting about this stuff. So, anytime. So,、uh, as we mentioned, that you do have、um, a private practice、um, providing counseling for a certain population, and it's called Held Counseling. Yeah. So you want to tell us more about that as well? Sure.、Um, so I started held at the start of the year, and it's just a very small private practice, one day a week. But again, it's really tailored to supporting people with body image issues, especially as I mentioned at the start, women in bigger bodies. And I called it held because I really like this concept of holding space. And one of the challenges is. Of working in this space is, you know, we can't solution focus therapy our way out of this. There's actually no way to resolve this, but I can hold space for you, and I can sit in the suck, and we can unpack it, and work on how you can work towards treating yourself with more kindness and more love, and unpacking society's impact on your relationship with your body. That's really cool. That's、mm. a very cool service, and from what I can hear, is you're really doing good. Work in that space、mm-hmm. as well with your private practice、mm-hmm. and everything else, and really it has been our privilege to have you on our podcast. But in the meantime, for the listeners, if you do want to check health counseling, the Instagram handle is held counseling. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just held counseling, counseling two L's. Yeah,、um, <laughs> yeah that's me. <laughs> Yeah, like check it out. It's it has really good content as well about body image, body kindness, and all that as well.、Um, it's not only for counseling sessions because it's really there's a lot of a lot more information about the whole topic itself. Definitely, and I, you know, we actually all have a role to play in making the world a safer space for people with body image concerns. So whether you have body image concerns or not, I hope. That listening today has maybe piqued your interest and maybe think about how you interact with your body, other bodies, the world around you, and how you can help. You know, shift that narrative, even if it's just turning a page, one step at a time. And that's what we focus as well in our podcast: that awareness, and hopefully, that if you're struggling in this journey, you're not doing this alone, and there's way out, there's support around as well. And in the meantime, again, check health counseling and check us out. Yeah, and our handle is why in your twenties dot podcast. 
and we'll be sharing a lot of behind the scenes unreleased content as well and a lot of really cute drawings that a lot of people can relate to as well and in the meantime take care of yourself and we'll see you in the next episode bye, bye.